Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Just like that, it's October. Not quite yet in terms of the calendar, but we're on the October one week on the football calendar. Welcome in. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN Montana app. Coulter Nuan is Riley Corcoran coming to you through the ESPN Montana studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Happy to be here. I've never taken a plane to and from Montana in my whole life until yesterday. We did that. I guess I was actually flying within the state of Washington and then on the way back to Montana. But a whirlwind weekend, a fun weekend, and uh, the opening of Big Sky Conference play, which got off to resounding fashion for the Montana Grizzlies in their homecoming victory over Portland State and thrilling fashion for Montana State over at the Inferno. So we got... uh, about half the league at 1-0. The Montana schools are among that group. So we'll get into all the things that happened the opening weekend of conference play. We're also down to week, uh, a month, two, I should say, of high school football. So we're starting to get some more clarity there. So we'll give you some scores. Do most of our analysis and big storylines when it comes to high school football uh, tomorrow. But mostly talking Grizz, Cats, Big Sky Conference, FCS football here during the Montana football hour right off the top. And hour number two, our good friend Marty Mornaway. He is already in House. He is doing a conference call back there for uh, the 33rd team, which is his new endeavor, which is very cool. And we love his wisdom. And uh, he, he's got some good analysis on both sides of the coin now because he's been our go-to NFL guy now. This is season number two. But he's also on the television call now for uh, Grizz Football Broadcast, so a front-row seat. And uh, he's got a lot of thoughts on Montana's 53-16 to win uh, over Portland State. So we'll get into that the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Marty Morningweg 
joining us uh, in studio for the second hour here of uh, Nuanas Now. What's up, Riley? You haven't seen me in a, in a little while. What's going on? Uh, you, not much, man. It was a, a really good homecoming week here. It's always, you pour so much into it. Pep Rally yeah. Friday, I was drained by the time the game was over, and a lot of that had to do with that electric second quarter that uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about, but it was fun. It was fun getting back into Big Sky Conference play. It feels even more relevant now. We, we mentioned it on the show the last time that we were talking about this. The disparity the non-conference schedules made it such a mixed bag. Now sure. we're in. We, we know each team, each opponent. It'll be fun for us to break this down every Monday. Montana Football Hour, Hour 1, Monday Afternoon Quarterback, Hour 2. That's it. That's all. That's your show outlook presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any and all real estate questions you might have in Western Montana, give Brent and his team a call today. If you want to be a part of this show, stay tuned. About 515, 530, we're going to give you a $50 gift card to Dazzler's Car Wash. So that's coming up. 406-888-1029. That's the number you need to remember to win, but also the number you need to remember. If you want to be a part of the conversation, you have questions about the Grizz, the Cats, everything in between, call us or text us. 406-888-1029. And all guests will join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. You can also always stream the show ESPN Montana app as well as 1029ESPN.com. Just click on uh, Listen Live. Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz, joining me in studio like he does uh, each Monday for the Montana Football Hour. Uh, let's go through the scores from the weekend real quick before we get into some analysis about uh, the football games that we were uh, each at. I did our college uh, game day pregame show here in Missoula, and then I got to listen to most of the first half, I guess the entire first half, Sands Robbie Houck's touchdown. This is funny. You actually love this. I'll, t- I'll save this story just for a minute. <laughs> Because um, I, I I had tweeted that the halftime score was 32-14 as I had just pulled into the parking lot in Cheney. Then I get to the press box, and uh, I was like, oh, another touchdown. So we'll get into that here in just a, a minute. But uh, here's your Big Sky Conference scoreboard from over the weekend. The only non-conference game in the league, Sac State smacks Colorado State 41-10. to Wow. Uh, Colorado State's now lost three games to Big Sky teams since 2018. Uh, not good for the Sheep. But... Sac State off to a 3-0 start for the first time since 1992. So Sac State looks like the real deal, at least so far this year. Idaho, a huge win in Flagstaff, a model of efficiency offensively and a really, really good defensively. 27-10, the Vandals go to Flagstaff and beat Northern Arizona. Northern Colorado routes uh, Idaho State. Uh, wolf if you're Idaho State. Uh, but, uh, you know, two in a row now for Northern Colorado, so don't know what that means other than they beat two teams that are certainly not going to be in the mix for the FCS playoffs. But... Two wins at UNC are two more wins than uh, I think a lot of people give them credit for. Are you for. buying stock? You buying stock <laughs> in not, UNC? I'm not buying stock okay. in UNC, but that was certainly a, a game <laughs> where you could, uh, as Andrew uh, Houghton said last week, every game in the league this week was revelatory on both sides, depending on what the result was, including that one, even if those are projected as two of the three uh, bottom teams in the Big Sky Conference. So, I, w- I would like it. I, Andrew's takes correct on that yeah, one too right. it did tell us a lot about both and yeah. we'll dive into the Bengals a little bit more later that is montana's opponent uh this upcoming week they head to pocatello on saturday so we'll touch on that a little later on as well montana state wins a thriller 38 35 against uh, eastern washington at the inferno uh cra- one of the craziest games i've ever seen i mean, really was one of the craziest games we've covered uh, i was telling i was talking about this in the press box though if you were to have me to rank like the 10 craziest games in skyline sports history that we've covered 
I'd say half of them are between the Cats and Eastern Washington. That's wild. I mean, they they somehow bring out just the chaos in each other. So we'll get to that one in a minute. Style of play, whatever it might be, there's chaos. Well, and they also, I mean, we've last year was the only game I've I've seen where the under was under fifty. I mean, it's always in the both teams in the thirties, forties, fifties. I mean, I've seen them score over 100 combined before multiple times, which is crazy to think about as well. Uh, so another not quite a 2014-esque shootout, but d- definitely a shootout in Cheney. The Cats win by three. And Montana, they just lambast. Ramshackle is the word we're using today, Portland State. That just overwhelmed them. We'll get to that here in a minute as, as well. Weber State, they just keep everything in front of them. Tackle so well. Uh, Mike Hastings, the quarterback for UC Davis, he – completes 39 passes, throws 57 of them. He's still not even over 300 yards, and Weber State uh, holds UC Davis to just 12 points and comes away with a 17-12 victory. I think that's Jay Hill's dream come true, a 17-12 game, but a great win uh, by the Wildcats as well. They stay undefeated, two undefeated teams uh, in the league so far uh, this year, just in terms of overall record. That's Weber State, and that's Montana. Here's your high school scoreboard. There's one Thursday night game uh, from this last week. Dylan Beats Frenchtown 21 to 10. That's a good in-conference win. Dylan had a tough one against Hamilton earlier. Uh, that's a good win over a good Frenchtown team if you're uh, the Dylan Beavers. Big Fork beats Three Forks 32-14 in a great Class B game. Uh, Big Timber's the real deal again. They've got had a good group of athletes there the last couple years, and uh, they're definitely really, really good. Riley's alma mater, Billing Central, they're rolling right now. They're undefeated uh, about midway through the regular season after a 68-0 win over Park County High School. That's Livingston. Billing Senior uh, continues to look uh, like they are on the up and up after having a tough opening part of their schedule. They beat Great Falls CMR 31-28. Billings West destroys Belgrade 53-14. Bozeman races past Skyview 63-14. Bozeman Gallatin outlasts Great Falls High 21-17. Butte High beats Missoula Big Sky 54-7. Corvallis gets their first win of the year 20-16 over Butte Central. Uh, Foot Creek, that's Drummond Phillipsburg. They beat NS 34-18. Florence Carlton, they had their 15-game winning streak snapped last week. They come back, and they get back on the winning side of things. A nice 48-15 win over Eureka. Haver shuts out Miles City 26-0. The news of the weekend, I'm burying the lead. I just did these in alphabetical order because that's the easiest way to look them up. But the news of the weekend from the high school world is Missoula Sentinel. They had their 25-game winning streak snapped. Emphatically. Uh, emphatically. And uh, for those that didn't follow along... Helena High was up by a score late in the third quarter, and then they went up 19-7, to and then Sentinel had a turnover, and Helena High then buried them, and, and the Bengals come to Missoula 35-7. Big win for Helena High, and we'll get into the analysis a little bit more tomorrow, but not the end of the world if you're Missoula Sentinel. I, I don't think you want to take a 30-game winning streak. If you're going to really chase a third straight state title, it's really hard to go undefeated multiple years in a row. And this is something where you have to appreciate both sides of For what sure. happened here in Missoula on Friday because Sentinel Street deserves to be credited. It's imp- I mean, what do we think? They're going to win 100 games in a row. This was going to come into it to an end at some point. And give Helena High a lot of credit. I mean, for, sure. for someone like me that, that pays attention but maybe doesn't dive into the week-by-week yep. previews, I didn't maybe expect them to be a state title contender. They came in and erased that around, not only to win by a fluke or a trick play, coming here and dominate the defending state champs. Pretty impressive stuff. They put a blueprint out there, too. I mean, they just out-physicaled Sentinel. Sentinel's so fast, they have so much speed. But once Helena got their hands on them, they they just kind of pushed them around. Can they, though, then do... Uh, can Sentinel then avoid that moving forward? Because they have a couple other pretty physical teams coming up on the schedule. Helena Capital uh, being one of them down the pipe in a couple weeks. Capital now, the lone undefeated team left in AA after a 35-27 win over Glacier. 
I still had Glacier at number three in my poll this week, uh, even though they lost two in a row because they lost the two in a row to the other two best teams in the state. They lost to Sentinel two weeks ago and to Capital this week. Lewistown stays undefeated. They beat Sydney 44-7. to Missoula Hellgate, they only had uh, a couple dozen guys to even make the trip up to Kalispell Flathead, but they go up there. They get out a win over the Braves, so Hellgate gets their second win of the season. Their two wins so far this year by a total of two points. 29-28 over Kalispell Flathead, so a good result there for the Knights. Missoula Loyola, they rally from a 12-0 halftime deficit to, to Anaconda to win going away, 35-12. Polson stays undefeated with a 49-0 win over Libby. St. Ignatius rolls up Victor, 65-6. Superior drills R. Lee, 68-7. Townsend looks like one of, if not the teams to beat in Class B. They beat Jefferson County High School. That's Boulder for those keeping track, 27-17. Valley Christian, which didn't have football forever, they get on the winning side of things with a 40-14 win over Plains. So congratulations to Valley Christian. Whitefish beats East Helena 35-0, and Whitehall beats Manhattan 24-6. This is the Montana Football Hour here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN Montana app. The Montana Football Hour is presented by the Advocates. The Advocates know if you need to call them that you're in a tough spot, you're injured, you're stressed, Worried about how to take care of your family. They understand that they and they want to help you. Take uh, talking to an advocate about your case won't cost you a dime. And as soon as the advocates start working on your case, you can start healing. Chat anytime, twenty four seven, online today at montanaadvocates.com. Uh, Riley, I thought this was an unbelievably fun game to listen to you call on the radio because the theater of the mind uh, is is when the chaos is raining down. You can use your imagination, but I was just trying to even put into perspective all of these different things that are happening from the pooch kick at the beginning that ends up in Portland State's hands, and all of a sudden, whoa, Bruce Barm's coming in here. The Vikings are rolling. They're up 7 nothing. Then it's a back and forth, back and forth. The Grizz can sort of take control. They go up 17-14, and then boom, in the blink of an eye, by the time it's halftime, the Grizz are up by four scores. Take us through it. It was wild, and I think on a homecoming day, too, we knew Barney, the mindset of his team coming in here. They weren't going to be afraid. What's the one thing you can't do? Give the underdog team a spark. Montana essentially spotted him seven, and I don't even know if I would blame it on anyone, Coulter. You watch the kickback again, too, but to see how that bounced perfectly, Portland State nabs it. And I know that we've been talking about this, too, whether it's in small doses or over a long period of the game. I wanted to see Montana face a little adversity, albeit, yes, it was just a small slice. But they were trailing 7 to nothing, thinking, OK, this offense, for the first time that we've seen in four games, needs to have a score. They need to get the crowd back engaged. They did it right away. But that was more maybe vanilla than anything else. The big plays happened late. And I think that the Junior Bergen punt return after watching it back and kind of just seeing how it played out in front of us up there in the broadcast booth, that's one of the more impressive runs I've ever seen. The juke that he had and then the speed. Um, I hope everybody caught that highlight video of, of the camera angle, him coming into the end zone. Unbelievable cut. I it mean, how did so you even cool. see that guy? It was so cool. I, I have no idea. I mean, just the vision that he has. He's a special player, and we have seen it in smaller doses, but, man, he's only going to continue to be out there on the field. But the craziness happened, and I think we have to go back to Portland State's long drive. That I just forgotten about at this point, but they went 14 plays, 75 yards. They took eight minutes off the clock. That just quite frankly does not happen against this Grizzly defense. They do it. I look at Greg with five minutes to go. All right, there's a ball game, 17 to 14. 
Nine points in 22 seconds from there. How Crazy. demoralizing was Xavier Harris's run? Portland State works all week, all all year, you could say, for a drive like that. Yeah. And it's gone in 12 seconds. Next play, they muff the kick, get it the two-yard line. Sachere's eyes got so big. Safety. Then the route was on from there. The Hauk touchdown. I mean, that, <laughs> that was just incredible. Once in a lifetime. All of those things. But what was it like, again, from your chart? It was wild. Five minutes, Coulter. Yeah. The second half seemed like such a letdown, but For it's sure. only because the first half could not have been duplicated. Well, first of all, uh, I'll tell you this. I uh, I got out of the car when Portland State was just lining up for the 54-yard field goal, so I'm making my way into uh, Roos Field, and then all of a sudden, uh, I get into the press box, I pull up the live stats, and it says, Robbie Houck, 99-yard touchdown. Well, sometimes with the, the software that the statistics on live stats, it glitches when you have a defensive score, especially a safety and so it accounts for it wrong, and then the stat keepers have to go adjust it, and it reallots all the yards. So I sat down, and I thought, oh, they put the safety in wrong, and uh, and Robbie Hout got credit for it. When I start going through it, oh, no, 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 Portland State lined up for a 54-yard field goal, and uh, Robbie Hout secured it and housed it. The news of the day, by the way, Lucas Johnson and Robbie Hout, each Big Sky Conference Offensive and Defensive Players of the Week, respectively. So another... A set of weekly awards for the Grizzlies. That's uh, three out of four weeks for the defense, and unsurprising because they've just been so dang good defensively. Uh, but the other thing, per, per your question, Riley, um, when people ask what style Bobby Houck plays, I, I think it's easy and low-hanging fruit to say, well, he plays Bobby ball. He wants to run the ball and play defense. What Bobby Houck plays is wind it up, and let it loose. And when he, when when Coach Houck and his staff cue up moments where you can steal, seize, and then carry the momentum, that's when the Grizz are at their best. That's when the Grizz have been the most fun to watch during the Bobby Houck era. Last year, there was multiple times where they would carry the momentum and avalanche opponents, and there was also multiple times where they'd have this moment and they weren't able to do it. So far this year, whenever they have queued something up, whether it's the opponent being pinned down in the goal line and they queue up a blitz, or whether it's you know getting a, a takeaway when they need a play, or whether it's scheming something up on special teams and getting loose, once they get it rolling, I mean, if they're at home and it's a nice day like that and everybody's had their pops before the game and the energy is palpable, I mean... Forget about it, man. I, Portland State, I thought Portland State came in with a good mentality to try to, hit, to, try to hang tough with the Grizz. And uh, as you're talking about that sequence, from there, they just melted. And they had no chance. And it, it was more than just the physical domination of the Grizz. They had no chance to re-steal the momentum. Through 25 minutes, Portland State played right with Montana and had about as perfect of a game plan and things that went their way that we have seen against the Grizz this year. And we'll probably be able to count them on one time or on one hand the times that happens against Montana. But to your point, that five-minute stretch totally flipped it to her, and I won't name the players, but talking with some players after the game, they said after the starting the third quarter, Portland State quit. I mean, that game was over, and that tells you that in a five-minute span, it went from a team thinking they can pull off an upset down by three to wave the white flag. We're done. And that, in theory, was how this game happened, seizing advantage of the moments. And I think, Coulter, rather than putting yourself in the right spot to have an opportunity compared to the expectation that, hey, we're going to make this play happen, I'll go to the safety, go to a punt return, whatever it might be. It's the expectation that, 
no, we are going to make this play happen because we prepared for it rather than, eh, we'll see. We'll roll the ball out there. That's the difference here with this Grizzly team this year. It's Montana Football Hour here on Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN Montana app. It's presented by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the Stockman difference. As a family-owned community bank with locations throughout Montana, Stockman Bank is committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. What that means to you is your money stays in the local economy supporting your friends and your neighbors. Uh, last thing on the Grizz here, uh, we're going to talk more about the Grizz. I got three big things about the Grizz, three big things about the Cats uh, here in about 10 minutes. But uh, on that exact note, one of my biggest question marks coming into this year was I knew the Grizz were going to be salty, salty on defense. Veterans, they know how to play the scheme. Their physical fitness and conditioning is unbelievable. And, and they they love it now too. I was so wondering though, could the offense pull their weight? And because a lot of times, if one side of the ball is so much better than the other side of the ball, it can breed was resentment within a team. Last year, a, a, a little bit, a little bit. Now, the Grizz are absolutely rolling. They're clicking on all cylinders, and there is no side of the ball or, or any of the three facets of a football team that aren't pulling their weight. That's how you just then put the momentum into overdrive in terms of the scope of the season. And I think that the the low-hanging fruit and the thing that most people are gravitating towards is the addition of Lucas Johnson. But to me, I think it's much more than that. You have a significantly improved interior offensive line. That is helping them so much. I still think that the edge is a little bit of a work in progress, but I thought Chris Walker took a big step this last weekend. And But I think the interior guys... Giving Lucas Johnson a clean interior pocket and then letting him be able to roll out to whichever way he wants, huge. I also think, though, the Grizz have playmakers with swagger that are really coming into their own, including I'm, I'm deeming them. I'm giving them the nickname right now, the Flyboys. That's what I'm calling them, Junior Bergen and Aaron Fonts. They're the Flyboys because of how well they run, but they're the Flyboys because of how much swagger they got, too, man. I mean... Fonts on that catch when he picks it like that. I mean, he looks like Justin Jefferson. I, he's not as big as Justin Jefferson, but their level of talent and swagger is is very very impressive. And I think that right now, though, you see now th- this is where you have where you go from a very good to exceptional team, and that is when everybody's challenging each other to continue to push it. How much better can we be? How good can we be? And everybody's pulling their weight right now. Well-oiled machine, but specifically the wide receiver group. And I want to touch on that just for a moment because. They were challenged last week that you are going to have to win in one-on-one. And we saw Lucas Johnson's been great this year. And you're right. Everybody gravitates towards him. He's the, the big new, the shiny toy, For all sure. of it, right? But it's it's everything coming together. Colter, there were multiple times, and I try and pick this up when calling it, but there's so many things happening. For sure. How many times a running back is picked up a block, chipping somebody? Such a huge uh, improvement on the offense as well. That's the difference in in Lucas being able to get out and turn a negative five play into plus 30. I mean, that has happened more than a handful of times already this year. I'm with you on the offensive line, but the receivers are the ones that are winning in one-on-one. Lucas Johnson went downfield. In fact, the first play of the game, yep. right down to Mitch Roberts. It was the longest yep. pass play of the year for Montana, Montana, at least down the field. So you could just see it, but everyone is challenging each other. I like your nickname because those two guys are going to be so much fun to watch in fonts 12 catches the last two weeks for him junior bergen it just seems like every time after the game's over they could have gotten him the ball more but every time he touches it something magical can happen no as now espn radio uh, riley corkin voice of the grizz rolling with us here on your radio dial and on your television set and on the espn montana app 
The Montana Football Hour, presented in part by Blackfoot Communications. Uh, Blackfoot Communications, the official digital sponsor of Grizz Athletics, and also uh, the presenting sponsor of the Inside the Den podcast. You're getting these things out quick, man. You're like the first guy to hit the media button. I can't even get my Big Sky breakdowns up quick enough. Uh, what's going on in, Inside the Den this week? It's a really fun one this week. We are going with all three of the Hawks on this episode. We talk with Co- Coach Hauk. We have Robbie sandwiched in between because congratulations to him. He broke the all-time school record. We all knew it was coming, but what a moment to have it happen yep. on homecoming and also the day he has his first touchdown. And then... The, the hardest guy to get to the three, we talked with Tim Houck afterwards. He presented the game ball to his nephew, Robbie. So it's a cool episode of the Inside the Den. You're right, man. Hey, I got to beat you to the punch. I got to try and get my work done before I come to ESPN Radio and uh, jump on with you. But absolutely, check it out this week. Thanks again to, to Blackfoot, great sponsor of this show as well as the Inside the Den. But it's an episode of the Houks, and it's out, out and available right now. Over uh, in the Inferno... It's so interesting because there's this this constantly building and uh, brewing narrative of Eastern Washington and what is their football future, but also what is their football present. And I don't want to go down that road right now, but I do know this. On the red field, no matter what you think of the red field, that has been the best home field advantage in the Big Sky Conference. Since they went to the, the red field in 2010, they've only lost there nine times. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Montana's ever won there. Montana has not won on the Montana State has now won there two years in a row. And and I know that, uh, you know, you can say all the different details, but at the end of the day, a win there is a big win for no matter what program you are. It's very similar to winning a Missoula or Bozeman. Especially with what the Cats had to deal with. I mean, pretty unbelievable win, absolutely. We'll get into it. So Montana State goes to to Cheney, and uh, it's chippy. They're going back and forth. And then Tommy Mallott... Uh, Butte's finest, he gets knocked out. And there's a lot of controversy behind the hit. Looked like a high-low. I thought Tommy Mallott was trying to slide. I also don't think the, the safety was headhunting, though. I think that he sort of dove. It was just bad timing. But Mallott ends up hitting his head on the turf after getting hit pretty hard. He was visibly shaken up. Uh, he had to be escorted off the field. He went back to the locker room. He, he did not return. So Sean Chambers takes uh, takes the, uh, the reins as the Bobcat quarterback. And Chambers is, I don't know, I would say probably even more one-dimensional than Tommy Mallott, but he's also 6'3", 235 pounds, and he's a really, really tough runner. And so Montana State just started running it and running it and running it some more. They got no running backs besides Elijah Elliott left uh, in the stable, yet they still were able to churn out 327 yards on the ground, and that was something that really lifted them. But Sean Chambers uh, led a touchdown drive on Montana State's first possession in the second half. Then the Cats force a punt, and they're up 31-21, and they got the ball back. And you're thinking, okay, Montana State's going to be able to now grind this thing down, and, and they got a pretty, uh, not, I wouldn't say comfortable, but they have a commanding lead. Well, then it all started to fall apart. Missed opportunities. Um, they were melting down. I mean, Tom Super, one of our writers at Skyline Sports, he tweeted, the cats, the wheels are falling off for the Cats right now. And, you know, they, they had a muffed punt that they weren't able to recover on Eastern's end. They muffed a punt themselves and almost had that one uh, recovered in front of them, but they were able to get on top of it. Callahan O'Reilly had a sure pick six that he dropped, which could have really extended the lead. And then Gunnar Talkington finds his groove after only throwing for about 80 yards in the first two and a half quarters. He hits Freddie Roberson for a 80-yard uh, touchdown, doubled his passing yards on one play. Now all of a sudden it's 31-28 Bobcats. Then Montana State drives down into the red zone. Chambers on a fourth and goal from the eight throws a pick. 
And Eastern's got all the momentum now. Excuse me, the Cats were down at that point then, 35-31. Uh, uh, Eastern had retaken the lead. Chambers throws a pick, but on the very next play, Sebastian Valdez punches the ball out. Ty Okada recovers it. Two plays later, the Cats score to go up, but Eastern still has three minutes and 24 seconds left on the clock. They're driving, they're driving, they get to this fourth down. Uh, Gunnar Tockington throws to Nolan Ulm, who appears to catch the ball, but then the ball gets popped out, and... No one knows what the officials actually ruled on the field. They're reviewing whether it's a completion or not, or whether it's a fumble or not, or whether it's an interception or not. We never got clarity of anything of what the call was or what they were reviewing or anything. But then they end up after, I don't know, I mean, it must have been six, seven minutes, and they finally call Montana State ball. The Cats get the ball back there elated. Aaron Best, Eastern Washington's head coach, is Mount Vesuvius on the sideline. I mean, he is going crazy. He's on the middle of the field. Somebody explain this to me. I really don't even know what happened, but then all of a sudden the Cats have the ball and they were able to run the clock out. And uh, I mean, it was wild, man. It was a wild game. I, it, we admittedly had it on in our booth as the Grizz game was playing out with the way that the, the Grizz game in the second half kind of went. We obviously had our attention up there. Big time game, but I, I don't know if the call's right, wrong, or indifferent, Coulter. How does the review take that long? And how was there no explanation from before, in the middle, or afterwards? I mean, that's a, that's a play... That could go back when we're here a month or two later that yep. would help define the Big Sky Conference Championship, yep. right? And there's no explanation from the fact it took that long is ridiculous anyway. Yep. I don't know if it's the right call or not. I really don't. I, with From the way it went on, just wild stuff. Well, this is one of the places where the way that things used to be done in the media, I wish they could go back to. I wish that there would have been someone that was assigned as the pool reporter for every other media person there that the, then Eastern Washington as the host school facilitated a, a demand basically from the Big Sky Conference officiating crew to give us a statement so then we can communicate it to everybody else. So people around the league, whether it's coaches, administrators, us uh, in the media, or you, all the people that are following this, so we can at least get an explanation of what the call was and how they get it right or not or what whatever they, they were thinking. Or at least by now, at the very latest, a Monday morning announcement sure. that, that helps you know put everyone on the same page with it. But that was just a wild game. A heck of a win for Montana State with everything going against them yep. in a game where, you know, if you just took away the teams and you said Team A's coming in, banged up, Team B off a bye, very impressive win, and they stayed number four in this week's bowl. No one is now ESPN Radio, the Montana Football Hour, presented by the Advocates. Three big things about the Grizz, three big things about the Cats. Next, keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is 
that people have bad days and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. What's up, Montana? Welcome back. Montana Football Hour here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN Montana app. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. Happy to have Riley rolling along with us. The Montana Football Hour presented in part by the Advocates. When you've been in an accident, you feel like you've lost control. With no upfront cost to talk to an advocate, there's no risk in making the first step of taking control of your life again. The Advocates have helped others win, and they will help you win, too. Visit them online, MontanaAdvocates.com. Here's three big things about the Grizz. 53-16 win over Portland State and the Bobcats, 38-35 win over Eastern Washington. Number one, Juderberg is a very special talent. I knew that he was a really good player in high school, he has far exceeded my expectations, though. He is not just good for a sophomore. He is a superior level of athlete than uh, most of the guys at this level of football. It's it's impressive to watch. I thought his 74-yard touchdown, I mean, there's been a lot of great punt returners that had a lot of great punt returns at Washington Grizzly Stadium. That is a highlight for the ages. I know people maybe won't point to it because of the result of the game, a 40-point blowout, but... That punt return was straight nasty. We give Coach Alcock all the credit in the world for scheming stuff up. Nah, that's just a dude straight making everybody else look silly. That was an all-timer, and I think that I'll even have some fun with Coach on Wednesday. No Trombie trying to tell me the block that set it up and say, okay, well, how about the block that Junior Bergen just juked a guy out of his jockstrap at midfield, basically, and turned on the Jets? And it goes to your point, Coulter, where there's a lot of talent on this team, and you've seen the talent develop. And I go to someone like a Mitch Roberts that has really put in the work and is Mr. Fundamental after six years. Well, let's all remember here that Junior Bergen did not redshirt. He is a true sophomore, and he is already contributing like this. He did last year when he was out of position and still made electric plays, which just furthers your point. He is an unbelievable talent, raw talent. And then you put a little bit of coaching on top of it. This guy, he's just incredible. He had to – he he owed uh, Coach Alco one too, though, because the fumble in the red zone – is that against South Dakota – Yes. Or, or, yeah, South yep. Dakota, right? Yep. And, and then the... Uh, the the kickoff. The almost, I, you don't want to blame the whole thing on Berger because that was a very tough bounce. It's an oblong ball. You never know how it's going to bounce. But Portal State got the ball right there. And so he owed Coach Houck one. He needed to stay out of the doghouse. Uh, yeah, I, you know, if Junior Bergen's ever in the doghouse, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be for very long because he, well, he, he can... Uh, Make make good right away. Yeah, yeah only only <laughs> uh, only average players get stuck in the doghouse. Guys like him, you, you, I don't know how you don't just put a, the ball in his hands all the time. Uh, number one big thing for the Cats, I think that they still have some stuff to iron out. I think that they're uh, they're still finding their feet defensively, and that's truly just in terms of alignments and stuff like that. But also learning how to play without some of the guys that were on their squad a year ago. They also have now this uh, continually building narrative of. Who's going to be the guys getting the ball on offense? Because Tommy Mallott is out for the foreseeable future. Brent Vegan confirmed that today. Isaiah Fonse, out for the foreseeable future, the All-American running back. Kagan Williams, out for the year. Uh, San Diego State transfer running back. Lane Sumner, questionable at the very best for this upcoming weekend. So it's basically Sean Chambers and Elijah Elliott as your options to line up in the backfield. But my number one big thing about the Cats is that they're going to be able to tread water to get through this 
and at least at the very least be competitive, if not continue to win games, because their offensive line is really, really good. I didn't know if that was going to be the case, but they have rebuilt it in a way that I think is so suited to modern-day football. We talk about prototypes all the time. You look at their depth chart, this is not prototype size. I mean, Justin per- Justice Perkins is my size. And, you know, JT Reed, he's 6'2". He's not the 6'5 guy that so many schools are recruiting, but he might be the best guard I've seen so far in the league. And their tackles, even though they're only a sophomore and a, a freshman, are coming of age. So if you have a good offensive line, you can sort of tread water a lot easier. And this is a big question I have for you as someone that knows this team and has followed the program year in and year out is – Everyone's going to focus and gravitate towards who is unavailable. That's right. And I mean this I mean this in a nice way. Does it really matter who's available with the system they have in <laughs> place? I mean, I mean that as a compliment sure. to sure. what they've established because sure. I, it doesn't matter. Second string running second string quarterback, right. fifth string running back. If they're going and putting up that much that many points and yards on the road. They still feel like they have a really good chance at home this weekend, and somehow they're still in the top five. So how much of that is a byproduct of their system, Coulter? That's exactly I mean it's a great question because the easiest thing for fans to analyze and complain about is quarterback play. <laughs> I got some news for you. Montana, Tom Super wrote a story last week. He said, run and gun quarterback? No, it's run and run quarterback at Montana State. Guess what? That's all it's been since Denarius McGee graduated. We're talking about 10 years worth of guys. Dakota Prukop would throw the ball a little bit. He was 13 and 11 as the starter. They've made the playoffs and won playoff games with guys that can't throw the ball. At some point, you got to just get over it. I mean, here's the deal. It goes back to the old Jeff Choate line. Like Choke used to always say, like I remember when they rushed for 475 yards against Portland State, and somebody asked him, well, Coach, you only completed two passes today. He said, if I can run for 475 yards, I'm going to run for 475 yards. I don't care if we completed two passes today. It's just like against Eastern. Sean Chambers can't throw the ball that well. Tommy Watt hadn't been throwing the ball that well before he got hurt. You run for 330 in a conference game, you're going to be in the mix. It's probably one of the most maddening things to go against as well because you know what they're going to do, and they're going to smash it down your throat, and they do it anyway. So it's mighty impressive. You can't can't do anything else but just tip your cap. Speaking of mighty impressive, uh, Duan is now ESPN Radio, the Montana Football Hour, presented in part by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank has... 36 locations and counting around the state of Montana. They're in Montana, only in Montana, and they plan on keeping it that way. How about Robbie Halk? As Riley said, sometimes when you have these storylines that are almost formalities, you know they're going to happen. You don't really like – it's not like Albert Pujols chasing 700 where you you, you hope and think it's going to happen, but then it's so special when it does. Robbie Halk's been a tackling machine. He's a four-year starter, and so I think it's just been an assumption that he was going to become the all-time leading tackler in Grizz football history. We got to give him all the credit in the world for doing that, though, because as we see, we're talking about this guy's out, this guy's out, this guy's out every single week. Robbie Houck has never been out for a single series, let alone a game. He's one of the most durable players we have ever covered in the Big Sky Conference, and he's also been unbelievably prolific. Well, especially from his body frame and size, and you can't help but draw the comparisons to Uncle Tim, right? Especially with the way they play, how they have maybe played a little bit above their height and measurement, but 44 consecutive starts. I even asked him today, I said, have you ever gotten close to missing a game? And he said, knock on wood, no. You know what he credited it to, maybe more than anything else? A regular sleep pattern. So wow. you, UK, you can take a little note from that yeah, as that's well. Good. But you're right. In all seriousness, for Robbie Houck, it, it's been fun to watch. I think for good reason. Everybody, when he came in, is like, okay, well, I, I wonder what kind of player he can be. It's really cool he's coming over here with head coach, his dad. But is he going to be that kind of contributor? He's had an amazing career. 44 games, 
23 of those 44, he's had 10 or more tackles. That's just a model of consistency. Consistency, congratulations to Robbie. And it's cool for he and his family to not only have the tackles record, but to have it be on homecoming, to have Tim Houck in the building, and to have a, his first career touchdown as a Grizz. I can't really write it up uh, much better than that. My second big thing about Montana State is that, again, I thought this team was the biggest mystery of any team in the league coming into conference play besides the team they just beat in Eastern Washington. I still don't know what it tells us about either of the teams in the scope of the national landscape, although I do think it's a win you can build momentum off of if you're Montana State. But my second big thing about the Cats is, regardless of what the outside noise is, regardless about the storylines of uh, their team, their talent, their uh, narrative within the program, within the team... They still have a bunch of dudes who went to the national championship game last year, and those dudes are still operating with the confidence and uh, the mindset that they are an elite and you know top five team in the country. So that that's going to resonate uh, until it doesn't anymore. Now, what happens if they get rolled up by a, a conference opponent? We'll see. It will be a huge adjustment to see how you write the ship once that does happen. But right now, internally, regardless of what the outside noise is, the mystery, the mystery of the team, all that stuff. Cats are still pretty darn confident. My third big thing about the Grizzlies is the offense is incredibly improved. Uh, I think that the, the the cohesiveness of what they're doing in all three phases is uh, much improved. But if the Grizz score on special teams and defense in a game, you're not going to beat them. No. I, I really think that, that they, they can build so much momentum. Would they score something like 26, maybe even 29 points, not on offense, non offensive points. I mean, unreal. How about this through four games? Two defensive touchdowns, two special teams touchdowns, and two safeties. When's the last time the Grizz had two safeties? What's the big shot record for safeties in a year? That's part of my research project yeah, this week. I'll say. get back to you next Monday on that. But you, you look at this. I mean, I've seen like half a dozen safeties in my whole career, let alone two in four games. <laughs> totally. And every single game, they've had a non offensive score. You're right. If that continues to happen against this defense that has allowed one legit touchdown drive all year, I we talk about, let's draw some parallels, right? How Montana State frustrates teams with the smash mouth style, doesn't matter who's out there. I feel it's the same way with opposing teams. You get down by double figures or two scores against this Grizzly defense with their style. The mindset just has to frustrate everybody. And man, we are spoiled within this state, but it's a blast to watch. You know who's frustrated on Saturday? Bruce Barnum was frustrated on Saturday. We love Barney, but, I mean, ramshackled. That's what his team got in here. His quarterback had to take a timeout. He had to take a little break. I don't. I mean, I know that it was hot down there, whatever. They came in with a plan. They came in with confidence. They took their best swing at the plate. They thought they were going to hit a home run. They're sitting there 17-14, to 14, and then boom. It's a blackout until all of a sudden you're down, 40, you're down 40 points. Unbelievable. Here's Bruce Barnum. Just a couple thoughts on how good this Montana team really is. We... Uh... Knew they were good coming in. We knew we couldn't make mistakes. We made mistakes in all three phases. They looked better than I thought they were. I'm not gonna lie to you. I thought they'd been turning the ball over a little bit, right? They'd been muddy at times, right? They played clean today. They played well. I don't. They didn't make that many mistakes. They protected the quarterback. He made some great throws. They took advantage of field position. No, I was impressed with their offense today. Them come out like they did. They played well today. I thought. How does this Montana team compare to the one that you saw in spring and in the prior times against uh, Bobby? It's a good question. That's a good question because their defense is lights out. You can see it on film, uh, just how they move. You got that group. 
you know, their pick blitzes, how they, you know, their coverages and everybody comes in, oh, you know, we can throw this against them, this double move, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but they get to the, your quarterback, you know. Uh, and we had some things planned for it. Um, you know, we got had some things negative happen up front with our offensive line uh, that took a couple of those away, you know. Um, what would I rank? Because I remember them all. I remember CJ's Peachers group. I remember all those guys. But if you look at from 48 or 58 to how can the back to their corners and just how they move it, you got the Goobmeister up front, you know, and you think he's just a guy, and then all of a sudden he's faster and grease lightning on all their slants and stuff. They're playing well. They're playing well, and they they know where they fit. Um, you can get them with some things, you know, because they are very aggressive. Uh, but their defense, probably the best I've seen since I've been playing Montana. Uh, their offense, after today, I think they're much better. Much better. You know, I thought that, okay, maybe that's your weak link. You know, just as a coach looking at it. Uh, but they showed today that wasn't the deal. Um, and their special teams, their special teams, you know, been dinking and dunking a couple things, but I'll be damned if they didn't fix that today either. Yes, and we talked about the momentum. We did it all. I wanted to put some points on the board. That was my deal. That's why that thing right there at the end when uh, Robbie went Auburn on me, I wanted points there just whether I grabbed 14 or 10, you know, because I'm watching where are we at score-wise, how many are we back. Uh, that could have helped, you know. That could have helped. Um. I don't know what could have helped Bruce Barnum's team uh, when the uh, momentum first started flowing for the. I mean, they got least. seven points spotted to them. I, I don't know what else you could really ask for. I mean, they were within three with five to go. Yeah, he, he could just tell he was defeated. Right, his team yeah. was defeated when they came out of the locker room in the second half. Well, it's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, the Montana Football Hour here uh, on your radio dial. It's presented in part by Blackfoot Communications. Thanks to Blackfoot. For all their continued support of all of our various endeavors, they are the official uh, digital sponsor of Grizz Athletics. Three big things about both the Grizz and Bobcat wins. My third and final big thing for this uh, particular part of the show is that if you're the Cats, and uh, Brett Vegan reemphasized this today, he said it's a hell of a win, even if it wasn't a hell of a performance. He said we had a ton to clean up. We shot ourselves in the foot multiple times. We lost our starting quarterback. We don't have any running backs to be had besides Elijah Elliott, who, by the way, deserves a ton of credit. Went over 100 yards uh, when he was basically the last man standing in the running back's room. But that's all to say that's the kind of win that can vault your season because even if you didn't play well and maybe Eastern's down or whatever it might be, you won on the road in Big Sky Conference play to start off 1-0. And uh, it's definitely something that can help you build confidence. Brent Vegan talked exactly about that right after his team's 38-35 win at Eastern Washington. You know, you don't write the script like that, and that's, that's what football is all about. You just uh, you take the twists and turns, and, and ultimately if you have a team that's that's willing to have each other's back. You know, and, and that's what happened there. We didn't push the ball in on offense, and we get the turnover on defense, and then we're able to push it in and, and, and turn them over again. Um, you know, I, I can't say enough about it, just our willingness to hang in there and, and, and believe. Now, and this, these are the type of wins that uh, you can really build off of. Now, there is going to be plenty of things. I know we're going to look at that uh, – film at and say, okay, we need to improve here, improve there. Um, but, you know, you, you, you win a game on the road, uh, a place that's really hard to win. Um, we can't take that for granted. Sorry. This is a type of game that can really 
launch a team winning a close game like this. So, I mean, do you emphasize that to the guys? Obviously, probably not tonight. Probably just enjoy it. Well, I think, you know, you go on the road in, in the conference um, and you find a way to win. That is the bottom line. Um, that is the absolute bottom line. And, and however you get there, um, you know, we talked a lot about, hey, we, we're still writing the story of this team. And we have a long ways to go. But uh, today will be, you know, a, a chapter we look back and um, I think ultimately enjoy. Uh, you know, um, and it took guys to, to step up and make plays. And, yeah, a lot can come out of that. And, and no question, we already, you know, mentioned that in the, in the locker room. So, um, you know, we got a ways to go. Uh, I think that's fair to say. But, um, you know, happy to come away here with a win. Brett here on Nuanas Now, Montana Football Hour. What does it all mean? What's the Big Sky Conference look like? Is Idaho a real playoff contender? How big is the game in Bozeman? And how does Montana, how does the University of Montana avoid getting trapped at Holt Arena? We'll take a look around the Big Sky and around the FCS. Riley Corkin, voice of the Grizz, riding with me, Coulter Nuanas. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio Missoula. I sat by the ocean yesterday. Had myself a little halibut there on the pier uh, in Seattle. I was going to say, did you go to Pikes? Did you go to Pikes? Uh, went to Ivers. There you go. Right down by uh, the stadium. Lumen Field. I keep wanting to call it Quest. It's not Quest. CenturyLink. Uh, fun to be in Seattle yesterday. We're going to get into my NFL experience more with Coach Marty Mornaweg. He's uh, in studio. He's actually back in the conference room right now. So he'll be joining us here in about 10 minutes. Uh, very much looking forward to that. But a couple more things to get to here. Uh, on Nuanas Now, the Montana Football Hour. Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz. Joining me, Coulter Nuanas, coming to you through the ESPN Montana studio. ESPN Montana. And uh, Missoula Broadcasting, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years. And happy to say so. The Montana Football Hour, presented in part by the advocates. Remember, if you've been in an accident, you have people that can help. The advocates offer free consultations to discuss your case and you don't pay a dime until they win your case. The advocates know it's scary, so give them a call today, 406-640-4444. And always remember, you deserve an advocate. Big Sky Conference scoreboard looked like this. 27-10, Idaho wins at Northern Arizona. Northern Colorado defeats Idaho State 35-14. Montana State 38, Eastern Washington 35. Montana 53, Portland State 16. We already gave you plenty on those games. And then in the nightcap... A slugfest, but Weber State comes out ahead 17-12. to So the Wildcats remain uh, undefeated. Your your takeaways from the Big Sky this week? Uh, you know, I thought that Idaho-Northern Arizona game, that was one you identified back in Spokane as yep. a swing game. And if we were going overreaction Monday, what is my takeaway from this last week? I'm going to say it. I think there's only five teams that even have a chance to make the playoffs in the Big Sky. Well, I think and that a part of that is not even because of anything but the schedules that a lot of those teams were facing. I mean, UC Davis has a playoff game in Bozeman now because they're one and three. They're pretty good, but they're one and three. And that's the team to me on the fringe that could be the sixth team. But really, the top four everybody knows about. Yep. The top four might all be seeds, and I think yep. that's what the Big Sky should strive for. But Idaho and UC Davis are probably yep. the only yep. two fringe teams for that maybe fifth well, spot. And, and that's why it was such a big game and such a, a bad loss or such a, a demoralizing loss for Northern Arizona because NAU had one of the signature non-conference wins of Big Sky teams when they beat Sam Houston. But then they let it all slip away against North Dakota, give up a touchdown with less than a minute to play, lose that one, and then have Idaho come in and beat them. Now NAU staring one and three. 
You know, and I mean, they play Portland State this are week. They gonna go, I mean, uh, Zena, you have a chance to go six and one down the stretch to get back in the playoff mix. I don't really see that happening. Where, so. do, you, where do you have a playoff game this week between NAU and Portland State? As far as right. the loser of that game's done, same thing with UC Davis in a way. So those were some of my takeaways. I, I, Sacramento State, I, I don't think people are talking about them enough. I'm Quite frankly, they're not. I mean, right. you go on the road and beat Northern Iowa the way they did, and then I don't care if Colorado State goes 0-11. You go in 41-10 to at an oh, FBS man. school with the difference in scholarships, resources, all of that. I mean, Sac State's for real. I know we don't they, they don't get the media coverage and people don't talk about them. They were number four in my poll this week yep. when I submitted it yesterday. So I, I think that they're legit. What's your poll look like? My poll has North Dakota State one. Yep. Montana's picking up first place votes, but I've still got them at two. I, I think until North Dakota State loses, that's totally. I've kept it the same. South Dakota State at three. Sac State four. Montana State five. Weber six. Call me a big sky homer. I think they have four of the top six teams. Delaware seven. Missouri State eight. Those have kind of been the consensus top eight, just a matter of how you're putting them in order. I did not. I, I have no dispute with that. I, I think that that's uh, right on. South Dakota State beat Missouri State this last week. That was the right. biggest win from the FCS standpoint. Number three at number five. And hey, you get a Missouri Valley Road win. That's big. 28-14 yep. for the Jackrabbits. And NDSU did what? They beat South Dakota, right? They were down at halftime. Came back and won by 17. You know everybody out there likes comparing opponents. Oh, yeah. North Dakota State, Montana. Both beat South Dakota by exactly 17 points. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joins us here each Monday for the first hour of the show for the Montana Football Hour. It's presented proudly by Stockman Bank of Montana, Blackfoot Communications, and the Advocates. Anything else to add before? Are you, are you stoked for Pocatello? I'm, so po- I'm stoked for Pokey. <laughs> Absolutely. The bus trip down. I know Andrew's going to give me the, the to- full itinerary for how I should yeah, spend my yeah, 23 hours in yeah. Pocatello. But I'm excited for a bus trip. I love home games, as you do too. Yeah. But it's kind of a, a breath of air when you go on the road. Of, hey. hey, there's not much else going on but the game. So business trip for sure. But looking forward to it. The, uh, the what you, you call you got you got trademark now. The the mecca of the FCS is Washington Grizzly Stadium. Uh, I'm not going to make you give me a trademark on Holt Arena, but it should be a <laughs> should be a fun one. All those orange seats on the on the television broadcast. Hey, they renovated that. Ba- I'm going to give you the full Ooh, update. They renovated wait. Holt Arena. Watch maybe out. Maybe some interior air. That'd be a good start. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't stop. Uh, Nuanas now, ESPN Radio, our one of the books, our two coming at you. Marty Morningweg, the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty, 25 plus years in the NFL. He'll break it all down. Plus, we'll get his thoughts on Grizz football as well. Keep it right here. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 